Well, good morning, everybody, once again. If I missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm a pastor here at DCC. And as you can see behind me, uh, today we're in a conversation called You're Not the Boss of Me. And we're in week three, and we're engaging things of our heart, emotions that all of us have that actually compete for control of us. And specifically what we say, our actions, things that come out of us, and we're like, where did that come from? I'm not sure what, you know, where, where that was, what happened. And so we're engaged in this conversation of why. This is so important because this impacts every area of your life. It impacts you professionally. It impacts you with your relationships, uh, with your family members, and other things of that nature. It, just any kind of area of your life that you want to, financially, it impacts you. And so we're just walking through things of our heart. And last week we talked about Guilt, and so a foundational uh, passage from this is found in Matthew. Jesus is speaking to us, and he's actually making a little bit of a, of a joke here to help us understand this point, because people are in this conversation about uh, what does it mean to you know, get God mad or get him offended or others around us, and what do we need to do to, to show that we're good? And so a lot of the rituals around the time was about what you did and what you put in, what you ate, and trying to be good. And Jesus had to, was like, no, 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 there's a deeper meaning here. And what he says is profound. So he starts off saying this. He goes, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes in the stomach and then out of the body? And this is a joke. And everybody's like, ha, ah, yeah, we kind of like got this. Yeah, I, we understand that process. That's pretty, pretty familiar. Yeah, okay. And he, goes, he goes, but the things that come out of a person's mouth, he say basically what you say, they come from the heart. And these defile them. And defile is really like a religious term. It puts them at odds with God. That's what puts you at odds with other people, and it's what puts you at odds with God. He says, he says, for out of the heart, the deepest part of who you are, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Your words, your deeds, are a direct reflection of your heart. And so when we get to those moments in our life where we're like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I, don't, I was just tired. Well, I haven't slept much this week. You know, I was out late. I'm sorry. I know I was drinking or whatever it may be. Like, I didn't mean to say that. Or I didn't mean to do that. Or we'll say something like, I'm not, I'm not sure where that came from. And it's in those moments that Jesus will step forward and say, no, no, you do. <laughs> that came from you. That was buried deep in your heart. And so we need to understand that some of the things that will change our jobs or the things that will put us in a tough place are coming from something building inside of you. And for us to be in those places where we long to, to, to move forward in our careers or to be in great relationships or to be in a good spot financially, whatever it may be, we need to learn to look inward to our hearts and deal with the toxicity, the toxicity that builds within us. We don't want to allow destructive forces to seize control and be the boss of you. Because you want to be your own boss. You want to make great decisions in the future. You want to do something different than the people you see around you. And for, in order for that to happen, we've got to look at the things that are within us. So we're dealing with this. We're going to look in, and I believe this is an impactful summer series for you if you engage with us. So last week we focused on guilt. If you struggle with guilt, I encourage you to go back and listen. It's on our website. It's on uh, Apple Podcast. But today we're going to talk about some, something called envy. 
Envy. Envy is a fascinating thing that impacts us deeply. And I would say no other platform that gets as much attention around envy, I would say, is Instagram. Instagram is something that people like to say aloud and point out our struggles with envy. And so I'm going to show some things up here. We've seen this, right, where people post on Instagram. And so we've had all these memes that have been out around for a while where, like, there's, like, you know, what people post and in real life, you know. So uh, we post these pictures. You can go ahead and put it up. You know, you know, we're like, oh, I'm embarrassed, but actually you're holding a statue or you're surfing, but in real life, it's, it's really not that great, or you're not really in a plane, you're holding a toilet seat up. Like, there's always, like, with a picture that we put out versus reality, and so we become envious of people in these situations, and as we've come to find out in life, so many times it's Photoshop, or we just can't do it, or how many times have you seen someone post, like, they get some designer, some celebrities' clothing line, and they post what the celebrity looks like and what it actually looks like on denim, and it's just nothing like the picture that was there. And so we love to like hate on social media within you know all those different things. And I'm not here actually to do that. In fact, this isn't anything new. This isn't something just suddenly popped up because social media came on the scene. I don't know what 15 years ago, whenever that was. This is not anything new. And so if you look into scriptures, you'll see this. From a couple thousand years ago, King Solomon is writing, and here's what he says. This is in Proverbs, Proverbs 14.30. This is what he says. He says, envy, envy rots the bones. Envy rots the bones. It has an incredible power of destruction of you. And, and Solomon is so good with just word the visualization of words. Envy leaves us competing with people that don't even know there's a competition going on. <laughs> like, they're doing their lives, they're going about things, and like, you're competing with this person, they have no idea that the competition even existed. Envy makes us arrogant when we're winning, but then despondent and discouraged, depressed when we're not. It leads us through these swings. It's so powerful. So, all right, we know that. Okay, so just stop it. Stop, stop being envious of people. Just don't do it, all right? That's it. That's what I have to say. Just stop. That's it. There we go for the day. You guys would love that, right? Like, no. If it only were that easy, envy is something you can't stop. It's not going away. Those desires in you, it's just not going to suddenly disappear. It's not something I'm going to come before you today, here's how you make it stop, and, and all these different things. It's just not going to happen. But envy doesn't have to have control of you. It doesn't have to have control of your heart and be your boss, or drive us, or steal our happiness or our joy. Because that is ultimately what's happening when we give in to envy, and we compare, and we do all these different things. So envy... Envy is not a problem to solve. I think it's really helpful for us to begin to look at it that way. It's not a problem to solve. It's a tension that we manage. It's a tension for all of us to kind of work through and recognize. We learn to, to point out the lies and the truths that envy has around us. And the more that we're able to do that, it impacts us greatly. And I think this is something that we need to walk through. And many times you don't even think about it or even maybe even know why you're struggling there, or why you're not happy, or whatever it may be. 
And so I'm going to go to another passage that Solomon wrote, and this is phenomenal. This is found in Ecclesiastes. It's a small section of scripture, about five verses, and I love it. I love it. And we're going to walk through this today, and Solomon is engaging the topic of envy. He understands how important this is, and he's engaging us with our mind to look at it and to think about it and understand it, and our emotions to help us see how it impacts us. Because if we follow our emotions, we follow our heart as culture wants us to do, it will not always lead us into a good place. So he's helping us engage both of those. So what I'm going to do is read all five verses all at once, and then we'll break it down together, help us engage this together. So here we go. Ecclesiastes, this is found in chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Here's what he says. He says, I saw that all toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. Because this too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. So the whole section there of scripture there that we're reading, what Solomon's writing, is set up with envy. It's essentially the subject matter over the whole thing, and and he gives us this incredible word picture of what it means to chase after this and to just kind of go after that in your heart. And whatever you see, whatever's out there, whatever coworker or boss or someone else in your field, your colleague, your friend, someone you graduated with, whatever they are achieving, we begin to chase after. And we chase after. We have a goal or a milestone. We're trying to please a family member, whatever it could be. And so in verse 4, Solomon writes, he says, I saw that all toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. All of it, our, our work and everything that we strive for to get whatever achievement means for you. He's like, he's like it's all coming from envy. And so you see, this is 3,000 years ago when this was written. The same thing was going on. This is not something unique to Instagram. Instagram just exposes it maybe to more people than you normally would have seen. Everybody was competing. They were determining where they were based on where everybody else was. Sound familiar? And so he says, this too is meaningless. And here's the word picture. He goes, this too is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. A chasing after the wind. Have you ever been outside and you're holding some important papers or something? I don't know. We don't hold many papers nowadays. Anyway, but you're, that happens while you've got a note in your hand. Something's written down. You've got to have it. And then a huge, like it's windy. A huge wind gust comes along. Or you're eating at an outside table. Something important blows off. And you just chase after it. It's right there. And so you go to grab it, but the wind keeps blowing, and so you chase it, and then suddenly you turn into this madman, you're just going all over the place, and you just think you're going to get it, and it just keeps moving, it keeps moving, and then you're like, suddenly you're like about to get hit by cars and traffic, because you just can't focus on anything else except this piece of paper. That's what's happening here, right? This is a chasing after the wind. 
He says it's something that you'll never actually get to. It's endless. There's never a finish line. There's no peace because there's always an earth. His is newer. Right? Hers, her thing, hers is nicer than mine. Theirs is bigger. Their kid is smarter or their degree is better or whatever it may be. There's always an earth. And the only thing that envy is guaranteed to bring you to is dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction guaranteed. It will only make you unhappy. You're suddenly, you guys know this, right? You were, your day was going great, and then you see an image. <laughs> you see something, and it destroys you. And your heart just turns. It's amazing the power that it has on our emotions. So I'm going to walk us through a couple things that Solomon is helping us see that are so important for us to understand. The first one is this, is that the pursuit of achievement it will never end. The pursuit of achievement will never end. And I love this word of achievement because it really speaks to whatever it is. Because envy can display itself in all kinds of ways, whether it's money or position or power, status, degree, approval, comes in so many different ways. You're achieving towards something. And when you pursue that, when that is your goal, it never ends. Envy will steal your joy. It will keep you from being happy and enjoying life. And so we're not saying social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, we're not saying this is bad. And the, and the church really kind of has a bad reputation for saying, oh, this is evil. And they post on social media, this is bad. <laughs> Like, that's not, it's, it's just a tool. It's something that we use. Jesus would say, no, 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 it's what you are saying. It's your heart. And so we can see how we want to deal with whatever is going on there, whatever tension that you have, the emotions that come up. Jesus would say, pay attention to that. And when you can learn be at peace with yourself. When envy is not the boss of you. Then you can see an image. You can see a picture. And you're at peace. You're okay. And you can engage that. And maybe even celebrate it or learn from someone else. It changes how we do. We can look at something and say, okay, that for me is chasing the wind. I'm not someone who's going to chase the wind. But here's the deal. When, when, we, when we say this, okay, for many of you here, especially as if we're in the city, uh, we're very much high achievers. So you have a tension in your heart right now of a different kind. You're like, no, 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 I like to achieve. It's why I'm here. It's why I'm successful in this way. It's why I have the opportunities that I have. Some of you like to be high achievers. And so you think this is an invitation then into being passive. And so I want you to know this isn't actually an invitation to passivity. To be relaxed. And Solomon gets this train of thought. This is what's happening in the scripture here. So if you look, and then actually Solomon was one of the most accomplished people in his lifetime, if not the most. He accomplished more in his lifetime than anyone else who lived during his lifetime. Unbelievably successful. And so he says here, this is in verse 5, he says, Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. He's like, he, he gets this. He's like, being non-productive isn't the answer. In fact, you're an idiot. That's what fool means. 
You're an idiot if you're not productive. You fold yourself and like I can. That's not what he's saying at all. He's giving you and I incredible wisdom. And listen to this, 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 this verse six. He says, "Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind." Tranquility. What is that? Better one handful with tranquility. It's simply satisfaction or contentment. It's like it's better for you to have a little bit less and be satisfied. He says the opposite will never end. We'll never be happy. We assume more is better. We're taught to consume it all. You gotta get it all right now. Some of you are like, I'm in the prime of my career. I'm in right where I need to be. This is, I've gotta sacrifice it all. I know I can't be home as much, or I'm not able to be around friends, but I've gotta get after everything. Everything says, consume it all right now. Make as much money as you can. You never know. Some of you came from really hard backgrounds. Your parents didn't have much. And so you hoard the money. You're not able to actually do anything with it. You never actually enjoyed the benefits of labor that you have done. You feel this pressure, and you're constantly going. And Solomon would say, that's a chasing after the wind. It doesn't mean work is bad. Obviously, no. There's purpose and good in that. But when achievement and the ultimate goal is there, we'll never actually get there. We assume that more is better, and chasing more only leaves you wanting more. It's an appetite. So his point here is this, and this is the second thing for us to see, is that less is more when that leads to contentment. It's actually more. From someone who accomplished unbelievable amount of things, one of the wisest people that's ever walked the planet, he wants us to know less is more if that leads to contentment. The result for you and I is peace. You can actually stop and enjoy life. So he, to help us understand this and our emotion of this, he begins to tell a story. This is found in verse 7. He says, Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. So someone who had no inheritance. That's basically what that means. There's no one to even leave his money towards. There's nobody, no legacy to continue beyond himself. He says, there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So someone who had wealth was not content, no end to his toil. And so this person asked a question. So suddenly we're in the perspective of the person he's telling the story about, and this is huge for us because this is the question that all of us should ask. So this man says, for whom am I toiling? So one day he just stops. He's like, what is all this for? What am I trying to prove? And to whom am I trying to prove it? Like, he doesn't even know. He's like, what? what's the point? And he's got this, you know, maybe you're like, I ask that every week in my life, right? I don't know. No, he's just, he finally stops. And for every one of us, the answer to that is different. Some of you are competing with a family, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother. I mean, you're competing for their approval. And they probably don't even know it. Some of it is very blatant. 
There's expectations that are so hard to meet. It can come in many different forms. And we say, well, whom am I even working for, striving to do this? So he says, for whom am I toiling? And why am I depriving myself of this enjoyment? This is powerful. He couldn't stop. He couldn't stop and enjoy what he had. And he didn't know why. Why why can't I enjoy this? He didn't know. I find myself like that, where I'm trying to get the next thing and build this and build this. And for me, when we're leading a church, we have Sunday and we have the next Sunday, and there's always a continual pattern. And it's easy for me to sometimes stop. I'm like, well, this next thing is coming. And I need to learn. I've learned to stop and enjoy. Like you're taking a test, right? You put the pencils down, hands up. Let's go have fun with the kids. Whatever it could be. He had no idea. And I wonder how many of us here today are, are the same. What are you doing it for? We lose sight of the purpose, and envy would drive you away from that. Do you have autonomy? Do you have autonomy? You've worked, you've got money, you've got some breathing room, then you should be free to enjoy it, right? Why is it so hard to let go and actually take that step? So perhaps you're just like this man, and you can't do it either, and you actually don't know why. He says, for whom am I totally, and why am I depriving myself of this enjoyment? So Solomon gives the perspective. He says, this too is meaningless, a miserable business. So the crux, the crux of all this really is less is more. He's helping us see less is more. He wants us to look ahead, look to what will happen in our future. We need to have places where we stop. That leads to contentment. But as I said before, that leaves a tension within many of us. And if you don't feel the tension now, you will if you try to learn to stop. Why is there tension? If you feel that, I want to ask a question. Why is that there? What is your achievement leading towards? If you give in to envy, the pressure from others, it will never end. It's a false promise. There is no joy. But then you're going to feel as if you're unproductive. Because you've had this drive, you've got other things happening, and, and everything else feels like it's moving forward, and you did move forward. What are you going to do? So how do you do this? How do you negotiate that? We, so we struggle with this emotion. There's two different tensions. You watch everybody else doing whatever it is that you care a lot about. So we've got to learn to identify the truth and the lies of envy. The truth and the lies of envy. And, and hopefully we'll be able to do this with each thing each week. Because this is where you know, Solomon is helping us say, okay, here's the truth, and here is the lie. And the more that you can point that out, and the more that you can see the lies that you tell yourself, you can then see the truth and learn to step out of faith and stand on that. You'll never be who you are born to be as long as you're looking over your shoulder at someone else. It's going to hold you back. There's going to be something in your heart that's going to keep you from experiencing that. If you're a Christ follower here today, this is even more serious because you're never going to experience God's 
purpose for your life while distracted for God's purpose for somebody else and their story. This has been always been something that, you know, it does, it's not unique to you or being a pastor. This is absolutely something that I struggle with, just like everybody else. I've been, uh, this church, we were started up another church, and I apprenticed with a pastor. I have elders and other mentors in my life who, are, who have done this well, as we would describe it. Helping see churches start, and they've helped see other churches start, and many people come and find the God. And the church that started us was very successful, as we would call it, and I just expected me to do this, and it would look a lot the same, but it didn't. And I would struggle. I would say, I'm supposed to look like this, but over here it seems like this. And as soon as envy sets in, your heart just melts. Your emotions crash with that. But everybody's story is different. The background of the leaders that, that helped form me, that are with me now, are different. Some of them have had to work through less. But the consequences of their success, there's things that they're experiencing that I don't always get to see, and the joys and everything else, the background, the history, it's all different. Everybody's story is different. God's purpose and calling for me, and what he longed for me to see, is completely different than them. And when I begin to focus on what he has given me to do, it changes my heart around. And it gives me the strength stop. To trust God's story in me. I've learned this. And all of us need to learn this. And so when we do this, this is the result. Number three today is contentment leads to life. Contentment for you leads to life, to joy. And so let's identify the truth and the lies. Here they are. This is what's so beautiful about this passage. Here's the lie that he's showing us. The lie is, there's two. The lie is more, more will lead to peace. The more that you achieve, the more that you get after, it's going to lead you to peace. The truth is, no, that will never end. And you're going to have to work hard. There are things that you need to be excellent with. It's not the same thing. Being excellent is not the same thing as chasing achievement. He says it's chasing the wind is what that will be. The lie is that more of this will lead to peace. You'll never find peace. The other lie is less. If I do less, that'll bring me down. If I stop, that's the end of me. <laughs> I, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to advance this career. I'm not going to get this degree or be at this institution or have this relationship or be attracted to this person or live in this neighborhood or be whatever. My parents can be proud of me. The lie is, well, less will bring you down. The truth is God will do more when we trust him with the less. The one handful with tranquility. That is what leads you to peace, enjoyment, and purpose. Yeah, you were meant to enjoy, to go for life. There's a place for us to stop and throw a party. It's summer. I mean, COVID's been happening, and the Delta variant is awful. And it's like, man, what do we do? It's like, well, you, if you've got some space, let's, let's enjoy that. There's places and times we need to stop and go for it. Isn't that amazing? What a great God that we have. It leads us to life. And this is what you actually long for. 
All your striving is for that very thing. And so really at the heart of it all is trust. It's trust. Earlier I read from Proverbs. Now I'm going to read you the whole verse. Proverbs 14, 30. This is what he said. He says, a heart at peace. Hear that? A heart. A heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy, envy rots the bones. I wanted to enable you to identify envy. God has shown us this in a very clear way. How incredible is that? When you see this in your life, it's an opportunity to identify the lie that you're believing. And then you replace it with the truth. Every one of you are telling yourself a different lie. I don't know what that is. You can search that out. You can't win chasing the wind. So, when you see others, when other things happening, they're successful. Look to others for inspiration. This should be inspiring. This is something that could be possible. Or it could be fake. <laughs> right? We've understood that. We look to them for inspiration, but not imitation. Not imitation. God's got a story that he wants to pursue in you. You need to learn to count your blessings, not your neighbors. Learn to celebrate them. To count the great things that you have and experience. Don't compare yourself to one another. This is the final thing. Love one another. You've not been called to compare. You've been called to love. And this is it. This is the big thing. Envy ultimately gets in the way of love. Suddenly you are bitter <laughs> with someone else. You have anger. Other things creep in. We've been called to love. You want to learn to cheer for, to embrace, and to celebrate other people suddenly your heart is set free. You suddenly you can be more generous. You realize the blessing of where you are now. You trust God's story in you. You are suddenly less bitter towards someone else, some other person's circumstances. They had it easier than me and all these different things. You let that story go to God. You pray for that and you give it to Him. And He releases your heart. You're not taking, but you're giving. Loving others. When you're tempted to compare, stop and say, Envy, you're not the boss of me. That's chasing the wind. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are and just these incredible words that you've given us. That you love our hearts and you care about who we are becoming and that you are pursuing us and that your words bring life. I pray today that we would learn to have the wisdom to see that our hearts are taking over. With envy and anger and jealousy and all these different things, may we learn to give them to you and trust you and your story. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.